a lot of us are trained um, to respond to violations of law and norms in sort of carceral terms. And so when when the libs respond to, you know, people storming, and I'm using all sorts of air quotes, the Capitol, like their response is going to be carceral because that's the only way they interpret, you know, violations of norms and violations of law is, you know, if if anybody is acting in a manner that is that is uncouth, there has to be some sort of uh, stick that the state can use and has a monopoly over uh, in order to punish these people. Hello, and welcome to The Regrettable Century. I'm Chris. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jason. And we've got some guests with us today. Go ahead and say say what's up, guys. Start with you, Stephen. Hey, this is Stephen. I've been here before a couple of yeah. times, I think. Yeah, you'll I'm, recognize Stephen. <laughs> I am an attorney in San Antonio. Uh, I do pro bono representation for protesters, and I run a still not yet quite defunct podcast called Supreme Leap Forward that I have. <laughs> we're clinging to the the threads, the, the the threads of the idea of this podcast that Kevin and I uh, birthed from our head, like Athena from Zeus. Uh, and Varn, Derek Varn. Everyone knows Derek Varn. Say what's up and tell us what you're into lately. Uh, hey, this is Derek Varn, host of Theorizing with a Hammer, co-host of Pop the Left, co-host of Mortal Science, um, teacher, book writer, poet, uh, former expatriate and guy who used to do sketchy shit. So, um, Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, you sound tired, Varn. <laughs> You know how many podcasts I've been on in the last week? Because somehow, because I almost have a degree in law, and I say almost because I wisely, no offense, Stephen, um, abandoned that course in my life. Although you make more money than me, so you know, good, good no, on you. Kevin, Kevin's the one that fucked up, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's the and, one that should have avoided law school. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 oh yeah, and I work on former people with Patrick, yeah. actually. So our PH. I'm a PH. I uh, I run a podcast called Radical Thoughts, where we read a wide mixed bag of verso crap. Um, that's sometimes good and sometimes it's verso crap. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I cooperate with uh, Derek on bringing back. Well, he kind of brought it back, and then I like parasited onto his literary journal. Uh, and that might also be having its own podcast reappear too. And yeah, you can find the occasional weird article and stuff that I've written around on the internet. Um, and uh, my blog pen and screen dot blog, uh, which is a weird mix of podcast stuff, essays, poetry, uh, art, whatever I, I choose to do on a given day. But yeah, that's me. I I'm probably the most out of my league here in terms of understanding anything about the law. Listen, most of what I have done with regard to the law is to break it. So, <laughs> regard the only it. reason why I know anything about the law is having been on the wrong side of it enough times in my youth. And Jason is actually here representing uh, a proxy vote for whatever we decide is going to be done in the future from uh, Red Library. He's got yes, both have Don and, uh, <laughs> and um, Don and Adam's proxy votes. So he's speaking for a Red Library right now also. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to use their votes irresponsibly. <laughs> so, 
so, so I mean, Kevin and I are lawyers, but but let's be clear. Uh, you know, we, this is our this is at least my first roundtable. Uh, we've been kind of clear on previous podcast episodes. The law is bad. Like, yeah, it is <laughs> all. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It is not Cate- good. Cate- Categorically, any like expo, you know, uh, special understanding of the law is purely for practical purposes to achieve a some other purpose that one one may have. It's it, it, there's nothing good that comes out of it. It's just it, um, it, it's not a good unto its, itself. It's a good uh, that or it's a thing that can be used for some other good yeah. in some circumstances. Rarely. And in debates that come up in, uh, in actually theory of money of all places, which I happen to be un- undoubtedly tied into because of my anthropology interest, there is, there is a certain faction of the left that sees the law as, as neutral and above class structures. I, I would force, would, uh, put on the floor that those people are, at least in this area of their life, fundamentally stupid. And, um, <laughs> Um, well. because the people <laughs> with power make the fucking rules. So, like, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, so, so there is a theory out there, uh, and, and, you know, we're getting super off topic here, but we've mentioned it before. And, it, uh, Dr. Olafemi Tawo, uh, has written a book about it called, uh, uh, Marxism and legal naturalism or, uh, a legal naturalist theory of Marxist law. Or I can't remember the exact title of it. Uh, but where he tries to derive a uh, um, a naturalist theory of law from Marxism, that there are uh, and 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 we've also talked about it in other episodes where we've talked about where law resides, whether it's in the base or in the superstructure, and so there is there's some debate. There's there's interesting stuff out there. Olafemi Taiwo is a good guy. He's a good Twitter follow. You should do that. Um, I. All of my expertise in the law comes from my former <laughs> involvement <laughs> in being a historian of uh, studying to become a historian of canon law, uh, medieval canon law. So <laughs> I think that, you know, as far as like, I, I understand the basis of Western law, but that's about it. But well, this really isn't going to end up being about the law. No, no, it won't be about the law. It's not going to be about the law. This Not is all about norms. Peripher- per- peripherally, it's about the law because the law is about norms. But um, right, I w- I'd like to start off just first order of business to sort of define what happened on the Capitol, and uh, I'm going to put forward <laughs> what I think happened is that there was a protest. Just coup. <laughs> <laughs> there was a a protest turned riot turned lynch mob. That's what Jason and I have decided that we're calling it. A protest lynch mob, or really? riot or lynch mob. Well, we there, there, lynch there, mob? Were elements, there were elements among the protesters that were looking to do some harm to, con- to Congress people. And uh, they were thwarted. And I don't think that that was, you know, the intent sure. of the entire, entire protest. But, you but know. But there are lumping elements of every protest. Yeah, exactly. So, well, sure. But that's the point, right? Like, there um, was a protest and that protest... I, led to a riot and within that riot there was a handful of people who wanted to to or at least pretended to want to do a lynching and uh that's about as close to having like a a concrete characterization i think as it could have right i am hesitant to use this language but i tend to call it an insurrection because an insurrection covers all those bases and while i actually find insurrection to be a morally neutral term the reason the reason why i'm hesitant to call it an insurrection even though that's what i think it's what it actually was um, is because that that term does have legal weight 
and the legal definition is not what entirely what I mean. Um, what I mean in insurrection is an is a riot with some elements that are planned, some elements that that might even be. I, I'm even hesitant to say lumpen because that would put a class character on it. But I would say does it? Yes. We've never uh, talked about this. We've wanted to talk about it, but does it really? Is is are we going to do it? Is this the episode? I don't know if it should be. <laughs> no, it shouldn't uh, be the episode. Where we, where we, <laughs> we, deal with the, we need to do this. We can at least hint at the fact that there is some debate about how that term is used. Yeah, uh, there done. is a there is I a debate fear. about about lumpen, but regardless, we, you have you have uh, a very very diverse actually and this is something i don't think anyone has been dealing with accurately a very class diverse and a more yeah um in a more um gender diverse group than i think people are comfortable with definitely more than the simple narrative of like the unite the right rally um where it was a bunch of you know clear nazis because a lot of the basis for this stuff is a lot more nebulous than I think people are comfortable with. The one thing I would say is it does seem like overwhelmingly it was retirees and petty bourgeois, but some of the like some of the key people who died um, were like um, I read the story of the of the of the Kevin guy. I can't remember his last name at the moment, but but he was yeah, an Obama supporter either, yeah. and a union. And a union leader, actually, and yeah, like the vice president that. of his union for for a long time until yeah. uh, the manufacturing se- uh, sector was uh, shut down and shipped overseas out of the the town where he lived. Right, and so he was radicalized by that, and and the Democrats' seeming lack of interest to do anything for for the workers. So, so while I'm also been sort of flabbergasted by people like Richard Wolf saying that this was an expression of working class rage, because like, what the fuck are you on? Um, unless everything is an expression of working class rage, because well, I, mean, I would say that I mean obviously there are working class elements among it, and uh, you know mm-hmm. just large working class elements in the Trumpist, if you want to call it that, movement. Uh, of course, obviously, but I think that the character of the movement is is uh, unequivocally middle class. Okay, right. well yeah. how about this? How about this? Other than the ideological underpinnings of the purpose of the rally and whatever it turned into, other than the ideological underpinnings, what is the difference between the storming of the Capitol in D.C. versus the storming of the Capitol in Madison when the teachers did the sit-in? I I have pointed out that legally, and none, and morally, <laughs> very little. I mean, like I actually pointed this out the other day that that people really okay. I'm gonna go into the story of a little Utahan who is attached to Black Lives Matter, who has become every every conspiracy theorist's way out of of the one one person in that entire thing that has a anti fa background, and that's John Sullivan. Um, and you know, John Sullivan is a uh, is not trusted by BLM, our anti-fascist activists here in Utah, um, basically because he seems to be the left wing the left wing version of a the left wing MPOC version of a boogaloo boy. He likes chaos. Um, he's been charged with similar things uh, here in, uh, in Utah as he's being charged with 
um, in relation to the Capitol. Now, it's hard to know what he was actually doing there because while he was screaming with the, with with the group, he was also trying to protect himself because you know he was claiming he was just there to do objective journalism, and he made the mistake of of following the uh, people into the federal building. So he can definitely now get hit with at least trespassing and illegally entering a national building. The the 10-year charge that they're hitting him all with. And legally, and there is no difference between what he did in Provo and what he did, um, or very little difference between what he did in Provo and what he did to the Capitol. And I think that's interesting because um, even a dipshit like Michael Tracy was warning that that this attempt at, you know, using, using incitement um, of protests to slow down electoral results would lead to revenge thinking among Democrats. And I think he actually underestimated how bad that was going to be. Yeah. Uh, I also want to add another element to this that I think people really need to look at. Um, I don't love the National Guard. I don't want to sound like I'm an apologist for them, but like the National Guard would have stopped at least five people from dying if mm-hmm. they'd have been there. Um, probably, but almost assuredly, because the idea is the overwhelming force would have prevented, you know. The reason why they weren't there though, I, I'm pretty sure the more we the more that comes out about uh the events of the day is not that the mayor didn't ask for them, not that the police, uh, the head of the Capitol Police didn't ask for them, not that the the Pentagon didn't even approve them the prior day. Um, it seems like for political reasons, either the sergeant, um, I forgot his title, one of the people who actually deploys, calls for the deployment, the sergeant at arms of the Capitol building or the DOJ um, advised the DOD to slow roll that out um, and to also the DOJ advise them not to have them there preemptively. Well, now, what, what would we have in the alternative? Like the hyper-militarization of the secret service? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, what, I, what I'm just pointing out is the reason why I think they were there, like no was there is that people thought the optics of that crowd being there was good. And I, and I yeah. actually somewhat think bipartisanly, because it was a good way to rally up, you know, counter messaging, counter messaging. And people did not really freak out, even though there was already violence, um, until someone breached into the Senate chamber. And that's when all shit went to hell. Um, And so that screams to me like people thought we'd have a little light and a little light insurrection, a little bit of, you know, friendly and peaceful rioting to a point mm-hmm. and that it would be good for everyone's ego. Everybody would be mollified, including the crazies and people mm-hmm. didn't really think, I mean, I've been taken aback actually by how much election delegitimizing talk has gone on for the past 20 years. And, and in a very specific conspiratorial way, because of course in America, all elections are kind of illegitimate. Our electoral system is, arcane and and the reason why every election feels Ill, illegitimate even when it's properly run is that there's so many anti-democratic and like yeah there's 50 I mean, different election laws you know yeah absolutely um, yeah but not attacking that except for occasionally talking about the electoral college i mean no one's been talking about the fact that state election laws are insane has led to this pull towards conspiracy thinking but i don't think you can invoke conspiracies 
for 20 years, both both liberal and conservative, and not someone eventually take you up on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's actually amazing that it's taken this damn long. <laughs> well, right. I mean, we don't believe in anything in this country. So I think we just sort of st- figured we never really would. And s- suddenly some people believe in something and it's thrown us all for a loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's one of the worst things that you can believe in. Right. I mean, look, yeah. even the people that like storm the Capitol to have a revolution, the, this, the so-called insurrectionists and or so-called coup makers, they, they went in to take selfies and live stream on, and, and then they went to go back on planes and go home. They didn't really think they were even doing the thing they said they were doing. Yeah, I was watching that and going like, man, these people have never even intended an Antifa basic training because they brought their cell phones and they don't know how to wear masks. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, so he was, they were pointedly not wearing masks on purpose. There was yeah. an Olympian. There was an Olympian yeah. there. Yeah. To me, yeah. this is the the ultimate proof to me that uh, uh, well, so first thing I'll say is pe- people are pointing this pointing to this as an expression of white privilege, and I like maybe maybe that's an element of it. I don't know. That's not an important discussion to me. The important discussion is, is it's proof that 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 this is this is political theater. The yeah. politics is spectacle that people don't actually think that there are stakes to what they do. Well, um, you know what? The right privilege discourse is interesting now that we have up to 120 people facing char- charges of at minimum five to 10 years and at maximum forever, forever. Amen. In federal right. prison. Like, some of them got shot, you know, and five dead, um, you know, four of which. Four, four, four were dead pro- because they really shouldn't have been out of the house, <laughs> right? Like storming a capital, and then one because they got shot in the throat, yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, and then the, you know we have the two police officers dead, one of which being counted for this is a suicide, with no with no note actually attributing anything related to the capital event as to why, um, and one that was beaten to death with a the um yeah a fire extinguisher. If I understand I mean, correctly, I mean it is it is ironic watching you know um, people with blue lives matter flags all of a sudden going against the thin blue line. Yeah. Um, but who did beyond, they going to come and take it? Right. That's what I always say. And I also was shocked by yeah. some of the by some of the discourse from liberals on this. Um, and maybe I'll turn this over to Stephen. But about like cops taking selfies and stuff with them, I am sure that there were a few. Cop, I mean, right now there is a ten under investigation, right? That who uh, who were sympathetic, um, but a lot of the evidence people were using for that, like the selfie taking, that's de escalation training. I've made this point like four or five times, and like it was done in BLM too. Yeah, um, that's, that's right. That's that's exactly right. Yep. And the the other thing is the whole autonomous zone tactic and let it peter out. That was also done in late BLM because because in early BLM, when you let the local cops run riot over people, it tends to piss more people off and add fuel to the fire. And I don't know about you, but I don't think right-wingers are a different species than me and thus operate under different emotive concerns. So, like... Yeah, like, uh, that's part of that element too. You either go in with overwhelming force in such a way that like no one, everyone is too afraid to do anything if you want to keep peace, or you do de-escalation tactics. You don't half-ass it or encourage cops to open fire on a crowd, which it what sounded like people you do. wanted. Yeah, right. that's, that's exactly what the liberals wanted. They wanted the cops to kill the quote-unquote traitors. 
Well, they wanted the they wanted law enforcement to treat them like Palestinians, basically. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, that's, I mean, that's what they wanted, and so the the ultimate contrast here, uh, because we're at the end of Trump's term, is going back to the very beginning of Trump's term, which was the J twenty protests, which also resulted in a number of people being indicted in federal court for uh, a conspiracy to incite riot and things like that. Um, these are, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a federal case. It's occurring in the DC circuit. Uh, it's, it's basically the same thing. Uh, and it's a question about, you know, whether or not all of these people actually conspired together for the purpose of, you know, whatever it is, it ends up being alleged in the indictment. Um, but I really don't think that there is, I completely agree that, uh, de-escalation is, is what a lot of those officers were probably trying to do rather than necessarily sympathizing with protesters. Because if I can think of one group of people that law enforcement sympathizes less with, it's probably protesters uh, um, because they fucking hate us. And well, so- there were some off duty cops, but that they were still protesters in the eyes of the on duty cops. It's not like there's like a, like you said, yeah. like, they, they don't, they're, they're not a different species. They don't have like a special lens that, uh, oh, that person is an off-duty cop. There have been they off-duty cops in BLM too. I just want to point that. Yeah, I mean, that's, like- yeah. that's also true. <laughs> well, right, because we li- we're, we're, we've been doing all this time is entertaining a fiction that we live in an era of mass politics. So we have a mass movement of working people who are united around some sort of aspirations to a better world in some sort of systemic way personified in BLM slash Antifa. And then it's a counter-hegemonic nemesis in the form of some fascistic uh, alt-right MAGA movement, which is essentially the Nazis, and it's got a class character, which is the opposite of the other class character. And the reality is, we live in a, in a chaotic, atomized mass, and we all posture everything, and we're all on every side. Our, a racial character that oh, yeah, I think actually true. even more than a class character, but I just want to point that out today that like, I about I about dropped my fucking rocker when I was reading the New York, New York Times' recent what multiracial multiracial whiteness article explaining. Oh yes, yes. Like <laughs> explaining of what they you would know, come uh, with that. Wait, what? Slavic people are declared people of color. <laughs> That's right. They're trying to take away our newly acquired status as oppressed people. <laughs> Wait, what now? Yeah, multiracial whiteness. Because I'm lost here. Multiracial okay. whiteness. The, the idea that whiteness is a the the historically true idea that whiteness is like a constantly expanding category, as people like me who are descended from a bunch of a, the off white horde can know, is being applied to all these petty proprietors and people who are American chauvinist, who are black, brown, and otherwise, as if they were embracing whiteness qua whiteness instead of embracing the dominant culture and when you point out and like i don't think this can be done enough that woke culture as as expressed in a lot of liberal movements is a is is a culture that requires a certain degree of education that degree of education is actually centered not just at actually not even at like universities fairly elite universities of wasp institutions like so I, I almost posited, I, I actually dialed this back because I was talking to a, le- to a left-level friend of mine today, and I dialed back what I was going to say, but I was like, so you have multiracial whiteness and then white anti-racism as the two poles of, of American society, both of whom 
are trying to claim legitimacy to fairly elite institutions, and one of whom um, does not use as much cultural capital in the same way as the other, even though a lot of it is petty bees in, in redneck kitsch. Like, well, well, look, I, I'm just glad we're all ready to recognize that the Irish are non-white. <laughs> um, and what I was talking about was um, in, in Oregon, it's like the in Portland, the coalition of communities of color officially recognized Slavic people as a people of Culturally color. Culturally distinct. OK. Yeah, right. So I know it's people of color. Yeah. People okay. of color. Yeah, Slavic people are people of color. So in Oregon, I am not white again. So, yeah, yeah, same. You know. as, a, as, a, as a Slavic <laughs> Irish Jew, I, I am now three, <laughs> three, three times You're officially not white. <laughs> well, there was just I mean, the, it makes uh, sense in Portland. I, I think the largest immigrant group in uh, the Portland metro area are, are Russians. Yeah. So, I mean, that would make sense that they, they would specifically talk about Slavic as like a separate group. And also uh, in Portland, it's um, uh, the dominant ideolo- ideology is uh, extreme, extreme rad lib wokeness. Racial yeah. essentialism, I think, is the term you're looking for. Yes. Which, yeah, of course, exactly. it would be in the whitest city in America. Yeah. This is, this <laughs> is, this is called white guilt. This is called what? liberal white guilt. That's it's, what we're really talking it's about. The whitest city in America that has a history of being a clan outpost. Yeah. Like yeah, uh, yeah, Oregon Oregon was founded as a white separatist uh homeland. The constitution of the state for, uh up into the early 1900s included a clause that said the black people were not allowed to live in the state. It was founded uh, ostensibly, you know, I mean there's some mixed history there. Like it was founded ostensibly by uh, for for the purpose uh, around the time of the Civil War for the purposes of being a non-slave state uh and that's ostensibly why they said that uh it put that in the constitution so that there wouldn't be any slaves in oregon but uh you know they didn't want uh, it to be a slave state not because they were against slavery just because they didn't want any black people around yeah exactly uh it, yeah. so it it was uh and the, the the black population was shipped into the portland area during world war ii as cheap labor to build warships for uh the war effort yeah particularly after they butchered all the chinese I'm going to interject it to say, like, so we've established that there wasn't a coup attempt like, <laughs> to American democracy, that cherished institution, which we all love so much. And we put on display over the last summer, uh, demanding that police departments lose all their funding so that they can't enforce the law anymore uh, because we hate it. The second thing I'd like to establish is that there is no fascist movement in this country of note anyways. Yeah. Uh, or at least that's a that's a point that I would like to make. I would like to make the contention right now that the MAGA dipshits who are going to disappear after the uh, inauguration when there's no more Trump uh, movement because there's no more Trump presidency, uh, when they, 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 they do not constitute Sturmabdelung, they do not constitute the black shirts or, or anything of the kind. Or even the silver shirts. I, I would or go, even the silver shirts. I would go, however, I don't think they're just going to disappear. I think, yeah. this, I think this QAnon shit, it is it is optimistic to say it's just going to disappear. The difference is QAnon is not a fascist politics. QAnon is a paranoid politics. And yeah. people like to make people like to call anything authoritarian, weird and uncontrollable fascist. But that yeah. that literally follows the same logic of calling ISIS and um, and Al Qaeda, which are similarly a meme spread 
decentralized system. I mean, ISIS is not actually as decentralized as Al Qaeda, but it's not hard. You you know, you don't you can just declare allegiance to it. You don't have to have formal training. Calling that Islamofascism, it would be the same thing as calling Q fascist. And in short, it isn't because something doesn't have to be fascist to be fucking bad. Right. Yeah. We are now, that's exactly the key point. Yeah. Well, I, I think I we also it's it's important that we exist in a moment where the the politics of, of the moment are defined by defense of the republic on both sides. And I think you can't be an accidental unconscious fascist. So if if you are a right winger and you think that the that the Donald Trump won the election legitimately and that there's a coup taking place that you're trying to stop to protect the constitution by like having a fucking protest and uploading a video on your Facebook live uh, that doesn't constitute the same thing as the historic movement we call fascism, which is consciously anti-liberal, anti-democratic, and also, you know, there's all these other secondary characteristics like, uh, you know, coherence, uh, leadership, party organization, paramilitary so, formation, any of those other things. But so the in opposition to opposition to the dominant economic system as well, in its yeah. currently constituted form, anyway. Well, yeah, so I would like to contend that you can't be a fascist in, in defense of democracy. We can't pretend that Donald Trump is Oswald Mosley, right? But right. can we identify culturally, socially, racially distinct factors between MAGA and what the Tea Party coup in 2000, I say coup in, in super air quotes, in 2010 when all the Tea Party politicians got elected? I mean, I would what say are, that also wasn't a fascist movement. No, that wasn't a fascist movement. But what are the racially, culturally, socially identifiable, dis- identifiably distinct factors? MAGA is more diverse. Party and MAGA. Yeah, oh, MAGA so that, that's interesting. So, so MAGA is more diverse in terms of its socioeconomic, uh, uh, um, socioeconomic and, and racial composition, and racial, and, yeah. and gender composition. Yeah, there. Are, okay. There are more women in the QAnon movement. One thing I like. I might go off on parasocial paranoia, but like, and I'm literally doing a video about this on Monday, but the parasocial nature of the way people identify with these movements as and figures resembles mass politic curves of personality, but it isn't really the same, particularly when you look at what they expect out of like, you know, like the QAnon conspiracies are frankly leftist simping for AOC. Um, what you, what you see is an assumption of, of a of a blank identity being represented through a relationship with a figure, um, yeah. and that figure is given in in Q actually metaphysical and world historical import to an insane degree. But there's no coherent. Like, what do they? What does Q want to purge? Pedophile demon Democrats. Like, like it's not even like they want to. And yes, there are there are whiffs of of fascism in it. I mean, frankly, if I'm going to be honest in America, there are whiffs of fascism everywhere because both class collaborationism and a hard on for mass politics that don't exist is like part of our weird national character. I guess we're jealous. We never had a fascist movement, but like, there's a reason why some people on the left say that America tends toward fascism, but that doesn't mean it does what they, what they're grasping toward is that fascism is a product, uh, a byproduct of the excesses of modernity, and its 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 constituent elements are all there, but you have yeah, to yeah. cobble them together to make it into fascism. I'd also yeah, fascism is present in its embryonic form in the French Revolution, but so is communism. So there has right. to be more than just an echo 
or an embryonic, you know, seed of a of a thing. I don't know. Nothing means anything. The idea that that MAGA is Q. I think Q yeah, is. Yeah. I, I really don't think that Q is something that exists in a material movement that we can see on the ground uh, in the way. Not like we, MAGA does anyway. Not like MAGA shitheads on a, on a lake in, you know, in San Marcos or some shit. Uh, like, I, I just don't think that, that it exists. It's something that exists that is a fundamentally online. Um, uh, uh, so like Antifa phenomena yeah kind of like antifa because i will yeah. say that just as much as we don't have a mass we don't have a fascist movement to speak of we also we don't, have, don't have a communist movement to speak of or an anti movement we have individual people who are you know philosophically inclined toward a vision of communism that they would like to see yeah. happen and there sure are there are fascists and in most in most cases all these people are weirdos <laughs> but i would say that uh i would say that one of the things that the capital uh riot slash whatever uh indicates is just how much there are the conditions for fascism are equally absent as the conditions for communism liberal democracy is not under threat everybody just wants to defend their vision of what the liberal democracy actually is i was i I, I might i might actually let me i'll i'll want to say one thing and then defer to steven liberal democracy as it's been historically understood is under threat but only from itself like that's that that's that sure it is it, it that whole incomplete revolution eventually regresses to Bonapartist form sense, not in this like there's an outside force gonna take it away from us all. I mean, the mo- the people who say the most illiberal shit right now are the liberals. Democracy, liberal democracy, is under threat from the austerity panopticon that currently exists and is getting bigger and bigger and bigger with the uh, enthusiastic participation of the liberal Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I just was going to say, I think that the, the one thing that I have mixed feelings about is like, I agree that the vast majority of everything going on on all sides is mostly incoherent. Um, and, I, but I think that one of the things that also has to be kept in mind is that oh, incoherence has never really stopped anyone from doing really awful violence towards sure. people. And in fact, I think that that is more proven after the fall of uh, mass movements like fascism. Um, Cause I've continually joked that we're going to see some really dumb years of lead ahead of us. Um, yeah. And I think that there is maybe something more clear to the way that some of these movements because like, you know, MAGA is its own thing. And it's incoherent. Q is its own thing. And it's incoherent. Proud Boys are their own thing and they're incoherent. Um, Antifa is its own thing and it's incoherent. It's incoherent. Yeah. Um, and one the thing, democratic socialism is its own thing and it's incoherent. <laughs> and, uh, even well before any of this was happening, like a couple of years ago, I was saying how you know I, I'm always nervous when I see people get a hard on for on the left uh, on the, as it exists, uh, insofar as it exists. People saying that we need to you know just organize around producing violence and violent acts, not just because of optics or, or even just because, you know, you you just don't want people to get hurt or something. But like, I think that there's a trend for, if you know that left-wing groups are getting away with stuff, that's when right-wing individual actors can go, well, if they're getting away with it, we can go nuts. Um, We can bomb things. We can just go out and shoot people. Like, um, 
I, I feel like that's a bigger trend because like they know that who the state is really going to come down on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there is more of a, uh, a similarity towards weird third positionist groups that called themselves fascist in things like years of lead Italy, which are totally incoherent. And I, of course that like, there's still exceptions here because those groups were pining after a mass fascist movement that did exist in that country after, uh, you know, and, and fascist politicians were still in power and stuff, but like you get, it, it's the model of weird cells of people with weird patchwork ideologies that don't really connect with anything. Don't really have any severe goals. Like, you know, there's that one guy who's like, I'm a fascist Maoist. Um, like, it, yeah. it, like you can be a sure, weird internet person. That's just like, just being like, <laughs> I'm just going to mix and match my ideologies and it's the best of all worlds. And then I can, you know, call on people to do like crazy things. Like I think that there is a real problem with that kind of stuff popping off. And of course the big issue is that even if you do have all that stuff popping off in the end, most of that stuff is going to probably not work out very well for your own movement. And it gives more power to the state to crack down on you. Yeah, I'm thinking about all sides. I'm thinking about the days of rage as much as the days of lead, right? Like when you had like 40,000 bombings in six years and yet like, the only people leftists could manage to kill was usually themselves because they don't know how to plant bombs. Right. Um, and because they're not being trained by fucking like dark money, like black ops. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, but well, okay. Before we get into that, I, I I do think there is a tendency. Yeah. I do think there is a tendency though, to overstate how much the far right has state support. On our oh no! Side. Absolutely, I was I was mostly just joking. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> like, like, but I well, in which case, like, I think Border Patrol, for example, really is something like that. Like, it's like a, it's a state-run no. quasi-terrorist unit that's just been allowed to like to be to 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 be run that way because it's in a it's in a in, it's in a legal gray zone in which like I mean, no DHS? one really cares. But the well, DHS, DHS, me, ICE, yeah. Let me, let yeah. Me, let me push back against the idea that border patrol itself is is sort of the uh, uh, sort of focal point of what we would consider sort of like fascistic over policing. Uh, all of those border states are super fucking cooperative with that's zero. true. So so Texas spends a shitload of money. California spends a shitload of money for their state police, their county police uh, to cooperate with DHS and ICE and to cooperate with Customs and Border Patrol. So it's, it, they don't have a monopoly. Customs and Border Patrol does not have a monopoly over, over monitoring the border and making sure that, you know, the right white people or the wrong brown people stay out. Uh, state police are just as involved. Uh, yeah, and that, that and is for true. no apparent reason. Like we have a system that for some reason we created this idea that there would be this separation of powers, that there would be a federal system and there would be a state system. And yet for some reason, our states want to spend a shit ton of money making sure that all these state agencies cooperate with the feds, unless it's for something like gun control, in which case the state should not cooperate with the feds. That's well, that's the reason why that system was created, right? Well, so that's the, states, the states can decide. Uh, well, obviously, the whole not, the whole thing is archaic and needs to be done away with. It's deeply reactionary. I don't believe in the states, except for Texas. But I do. Think, <laughs> <laughs> but that's. I mean, you you pointed it out. I mean, you you made you answered the point, right? It, you answered your own question, right? They, so that they can decide when to you know have 
state and federal partnership and when to say, uh, sorry, this is a matter only. For yeah, the, you, well, I also did certification. Well, yeah. it really depends. So, I mean, so there's there's U.S. v. Lopez, I believe, which is the uh, which was the the federal gun control act that was that was going to make um, uh, state uh, law enforcement uh, basically report back to the feds on gun purchases and things like that. And, you know, guns and, in, in, uh, and, uh, drug free zones, school safety zones, things like that. Uh, and that case originated, I believe out of San Antonio. Uh, and they were decided that it was unconstitutional. It was unconstitutional to force the States to cooperate with the feds, but if the yeah. states want to cooperate with the feds voluntarily by all means. Yeah. So, so I, I, I kind of wanted to push us on to uh, talking about the security state as it exists since uh, the Patriot Act. And or even before that, we can go back to, the, to Biden's 1995 counterterrorism bill. OK, yeah, I was going to bring up Biden's 1995 <laughs> counterterrorism bill, uh, which he said, which he says is the precursor. He he brags about it being the precursor to the Patriot Act, which was finally adopted because his counterterrorism bill wasn't adopted. Correct. Yeah, so he basic he he brags about being the one who wrote the Patriot Act, uh, but he did it before it was even cool. So yeah, all of Biden's '80s and '90s police state stuff, the counterterrorism bill is the one that he didn't get through until 9/11 enabled the Republicans to pick up its infrastructure. Um, and I gotta say, like you know, we could talk about how bad it is under existing law because the I have been scared for a while actually even before this about people picking back up sedition laws and insurrection laws and actually applying them because they're applicable actually a lot. And usually prosecutors as draconian and evil as American prosecutors tend to be, they don't bring them up. Um, yeah, those laws are still on the books, but they're Kevin still on I, the books. Yeah. Kevin and I have talked about this. Korematsu is still good law. That was the Japanese internment case. Korematsu is still good law. So well, we it's not that good. There's still, well, yeah, well, good well, law I mean, mean, <laughs> as, in, yeah. as in it has, it has starry decisis and has never been revoked. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of. There, Roberts, there was a Roberts opinion that uh, in dicta said it is, it was wrongly decided. So it's uh, there, you know, it's in question. That's Roberts and that's dicta, man. That ain't going anywhere. So they're, they're um, the new judges we got. There are two elements of this. So Patrick uh, made, made mention of something that made me think about the real danger from the far right, which is like lone wolf attacks like Dylan Roof style or even Timothy McVeigh style in the most paranoid and delusional and hopeless cases of people on the far right, which actually does lend in the, in the liberal imagination some credibility to the need for domestic anti-terrorism laws. But of course, what we know is that those laws will, those exist uh, to make sure that we can't occupy another government building like we did in 2011 well they they do even more than that because they make the cartel men of speech actually legal in ways that is normally not so yeah, right it's, it, it's it, a great it's a much greater restriction on our on on, on what we do it's already illegal the, to to conspire to kill people like, well, yeah it's already <laughs> illegal to blow up a federal building or to go into a church and shoot people those things are illegal well, those people were prosecuted legally <laughs> It's really interesting that you mentioned the, the Timothy McVeigh situation because uh, his co-defendant, uh, Terry Nichols, if everyone remembers Terry Nichols, I do. actually represented by Michael Tagar, who, if Chris and Kevin will remember, uh, yeah. is a Marxist uh, uh, attorney who wrote uh, Law and the Rise of Capitalism. 
Um, so, I mean, there, there is a lot of, there's a reason Ted Kaczynski's manifesto makes so much sense. <laughs> but I also want to bring in maybe where a lot of the bad leftist logic is right now, though, because I have heard this over and over and over again, that we're basically Smithians, you know, Carl Smith, the Nazi jurist. Um, in regards to friend-enemy distinction. Now, okay, they actually don't seem to have read enough to call Smith to understand both sovereignty and the political theology that you have to believe to understand all the friend-enemy distinction and sovereignty stuff, which is basically Christo-Protestant fascism in in the real sense, not in the expanded uh, liberal imagination sense, but also that we shouldn't cry when, uh, when this when react when reactionaries get punished by the state because it won't be used with us and one of the, the the most ironic invocations of this i found and it's by uh it's by a friend who i normally agree with but he invoked you know the sock them supporting uh the state crushing the nap coup and then didn't mention uh the nap uh you guys know what i'm talking about the cat putsch the cat putsch yeah yeah that's it yeah okay yeah led by wolfgang cop who is an anti uh anti-Weimar Republic, conservative elements of the, the, the Reichswehr were involved and a bunch of disparate far-right elements. Right, but what I found ironic about this that is... Was a, that, that was a, a, a successful pooch. No, it wasn't. They, no, it wasn't. Yeah, they, they took power. They just didn't hold it. Oh, because of a, a mass... Okay, yeah, I guess. But, for, but successful it, for a few seconds, anyway. But in the sense that it was a pooch, in, the, in a true sense, it had a, it had a will to power, it had a plan, it had an armed... Uh, uh, component and it seized power. So it had a uh, four of the z- zero uh, elements of what we're calling a coup today. <laughs> yes, right. Actually, I mean, but the thing is, like, uh, what I find it ironic is the social democratic support for crushing the the nut push is is often not really dealt with the fact that it was also that those same people also used the Freikorps to put down the German Revolution themselves. Kill Carl um, Liebknecht and Russell Luxemburg. Right, yep. and 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 to invoke that as a as a good communist principle in dealing with this, let our liberal let our let let the liberals crush crush the uh, conservatives for us, so we can crush the liberals later. I guess, although I don't really get a whole lot that they actually that anyone really wants to crush liberals, including people who talk a lot about Lenin. Um, <laughs> all, their, all of their best friends right um so i just found that ironic as like where we're going to go to is this historical justification is the sock dem supporting a government that would then crush the communist a few weeks later um so it's, it's interesting it's, fact is uh, otto strasser participated in the suppression of the cop putsch well i mean that that's sort of similar to uh covered recently on uh the bad faith podcast uh where they talked about um uh the i it might may have been the uh, anti-defamation league i can't remember which but uh pushed for the creation of huac the house of un-american activities for the purposes of uh of of um uh stamping down uh nazis in the united states uh, that's actually that's actually, actually ended up being used 
was not against Nazis. It was against people who have you uh, identified, uh, have you ever, are you now or have you ever been a member of the Communist Party? Well, well I actually am going to push back on that slight, a slight little bit. Um, HUAC was actually, actually was formed to fight communists. It was promoted by, by left liberals in America to be able to also fight fascists, which it did do. Um, but, it broke up the German-American boond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, to be fair, it did so in ways that like involved it, or you using illegally using uh, organized crime and like like people really need to look into how how much shit they had to throw out the German-American boond. Um, but it was also it went back to its original form almost immediately. And I, I, that minor distinction is important. Because what it was was left left liberals of the time thinking they could actually control something that was meant to fight Reds and use it for something else. So they yeah. thought they could control the legal form there. And so its primary function, particularly after the alliance with Stalin, was to suppress fascist movements. I mean, um, but it was not what it was originally designed for. It does come out of one of the Red Scares. I, I don't I no longer number the Red Scares because I think that we number them too few. I think there should be at least seven going There's back to 1890. Continual <laughs> Red Scare. Yeah. Right. Red Scare. With peaks and valleys. Yeah. When there was. Yeah, it's like Stalin's regime was a regime of terror, but there was a great terror. Right. <laughs> We have lived under a red scare ever since the Great Railroad Strike of 1877. But there have been some great red scares. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like, I, I start the first red scare in 1877 forward, and then Haymarket, and then, then, then. Yeah. But right. um, the so there's a lot of a lot of people who think we can control this. I think on the left, um, and you know, a I've lot. seen a lot. I've seen a <laughs> lot. I've seen a lot of leftists who think, well, we should let them go after these people they were trying. And look, okay, if they have evidence that some of these people were trying to kill people and they were and they were armed to do it, you go after those individuals. I I, I would have a hard time crying a single tear for them. Right, they, yeah, and charge them with attempted murder. We have yeah, that's true. I have it on good authority uh, that kill, trying to kill people is illegal. Yeah. <laughs> so just yeah. You know, um, and but like. I immediately, luckily, this is bad law. I mean, even, but I immediately saw liberals call for charging every person in the crowd with accessory to first degree murder and thus first degree murder um, yeah. when that cop died. I saw it multiple places and I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> Well, and like, you know, surely everybody here has, has encountered this phenomenon of uh, screenshots being shared around of people like bragging about having turned in someone they know who went to D.C. that day to participate in the riots, uh, to participate in a, in a protest in any capacity, like turning in those people to the FBI as potential terrorists. And that's including people who I, uh, you know, that, that I identify uh, as as on the left wing of, of democratic socialism, like people who are, who are thinking of collaboration with the fucking fbi as praxis yeah but when y'all were speaking steven looked like his soul was leaving his body <laughs> that, that's the same thing that the feds did during the j20 protests mm -hmm. just just against different people right and so because it's because it's was, not us it's not ours to use that's exactly why it recently it recently happened in portland uh to a black a blm protest that was like lasting way longer than it was in a lot of other places 
they charged an entire crowd of people uh, with assaulting police officers and all this, all this different stuff, uh, just because they were there, we just because they had turned out. So yeah, so we had to develop an entire pro bono section of the San Antonio Criminal Defense Lawyers Association just for the purpose of addressing the fact that SAPD, you know, bike cops got their feelings hurt and arrested every fucking person they could at the end of the George Floyd protest. Uh, and, and this was after SAPD had basically kettled these protesters into a, uh, a basically inescapable position and forced them into a place where they had no other alternative but to lash out destroy property in order to just escape just to get away and one of the people that i represent uh in the police report it's basically copy pasted from every single person that was arrested the officer arrested this person for engage in riot and for retaliation which is a third degree felony in the state of texas because he balled his fists up as if he was about to swing at me and i have and and that's the probable cause to arrest this person and charge him with a third degree felony When I when I was in Turkey, I would encounter this blanket, you know, law against protesters. But what the cops did is they would just drive around and shoot rubber bullets at everybody who was outside. They tear gassed them in San Antonio. Uh, Yeah, I just mean, but at least you know, at least somebody went to prison. We just got shot at. Yeah, I was about to say, like, like when I was in Egypt during the the protest against the the counter revolution before the national security law got invoked on the after the. the the Palm Sunday Coptic Church bombing, which is mm-hmm. which has forever turned me against trusting the government on anything ever. Yeah, because it turns a, out that that was that was actually engineered by the Mubarak government. Mm-hmm. With uh, well, it right? was the Al Sisi government, and engineered is too strong a word, but it was they knew they knew it was a possibility. They understaffed the the church. Um, you can draw your own conclusions to what that means. The the Daesh um, affiliate I was involved. The uh, the Daesh affiliate took the bait um, and blew up this blew up blew a bomb off in this church, invoking the national security law, which the Mubarak government had operated on. So the Al Sisi government then had had officially undone everything done by um, by the Arab Spring, except that now the conditions in Egypt were actually far worse. Because the Arab Spring had objectively destroyed its tourism industry after you know a bunch of Russian planes had been blown up, so the the, the moral of this story is like no, I, I I I'm not like a I'm not a church bombing trooper for a country that I'm not a citizen of, um, but I understand how the LCC government worked. I mean, I I was made an undocumented person there because they revoked my my damn um, work visa and yet wanted me to stay in the country um, because they needed me to do my job, but they needed also the political, they needed to not have so many people with work visas to appease some faction of the government. So we were all made to be like quasi-illegal workers and I had to bribe my way out of the country. Sure. So like, like I, I don't trust governments anymore and I've seen this shit before. Oh, I was going to say the 2011 Coptic Church bombing yeah. was actually turned out to be Mubarak's secret service that had pulled that one. Oh no, 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 yeah, that was that was Mubarak. 
I'm yeah, talking, about, talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about the 2017 one. Yeah, yeah. Which reinstated yeah. the national security law because I saw it from my apartment. By the Jesus way, Jesus like, Christ, I, the fucking Egyptian government just blows up the cops anytime they need to like have a Reichstag fire. <laughs> Kinda. I mean, one well, of the they need to, I, they need to protect uh, oppressed minorities, and that's a perfect one because they can just bomb them anytime they need to. <laughs> well, it's also kind. Of, anyway, I, I can go on stories about about you know security states being dumb. But uh, they also blew up the Mexican consulate attaches because apparently Egyptians also can't tell the difference between brown people. That's not just a white person problem. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, and it was not reported in the U.S. press until about three years later um, when because the one of the attaches girlfriends was an American. And then I heard about it on NPR, but it was after I've been in the States for two years. And I'm like, this happened in 2015. Um, I guess it was politically inconvenient for the for the uh, Obama administration to push this narrative that the um, that their allies in the Al Sisi government who are um, were were incompetent enough to go on an anti terror charge and then accidentally bomb the Mexican government attaches, blame the Mexican government attaches tourist guide for it happening. And then, but also give change visa laws to give Mexico special privilege, like the United States, in compensation for blowing up their attaches cure. Jesus. So yeah. So like, this is why when you know I have a guide to conspiracies, and basically, if it's stupid and involves few people, it's probably true. And if it's if it's if it's smart and involves more than twenty people, it's probably a conspiracy theory, and it's a waste of your time. And it's because of this that I will give the the small you know the small numbers game. And that's part, partly, I, I do think these events are copacetic to what happens last night. What I said to friends of mine the day before is like, who would have thought that an attempted, that, that a carnival attempting to pull a beer hall punch would also be the Reichstag fire at the same time? Like, well, we're very efficient in this country. We like to kind of take care of everything at once. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't covered what the event really was in regards to it was a, a controlled attempt to get attention away from Biden so Trump could switch faces. Oh, yes, that's and true. And the, the whole face off thing. But face off, right. But with that's Trump, he's going to take over. Yep. So you know, right. they put on the boots and everything and they were like magnetically sealed to the ground. That's right. Biden has already been arrested. They probably caught Nancy Pelosi at the border. Secret tribunals are. Uh, you know they're throwing all the pedophiles in jail, yeah. Um, replacing them with with clones. Uh, okay, so one thing that I would be I would think that we should have to we should have to cover this. I think is uh, how to respond to the extent that we think that there's anything that can be said. You know, given well, our extremely limited subjective capacity here. Okay, so so uh, the way we respond is, and and we we've, we've we've talked about it a couple times, but is to reject the sort of conspiratorial um, uh, impulse uh, to charge multiple persons for participating in the, in the direct action. Cause that's what this was. This was direct action. Right. right. And so uh, are, are we going to charge every single person that participated just because it was a direct action that we didn't like or didn't agree with? Uh, I think the answer, if you're, if you're honest about being a leftist has to be no. 
Um, yeah, I and, would say I agree with that. And so like, the response. Why am I taking for trespassing if you have to, or for breaking a fucking window, whatever? And, and so we have to resist the impulse to to be carceral uh, and to and to try and charge as many people as we possibly can with the with with these conspiracy charges. That's fucking right. sedition is some of the as as some on the left that are so-called fucking socialists and communists are calling for like right. for people to be charged with sedition against the Republic and, and terrorism, you know, and yeah. U S sentencing guidelines, adding mm-hmm. enhancements for the perp for, for, uh, under the terrorism guidelines. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's all fucking nonsense. Yeah. I mean, particularly because even the FBI may sit right now, nothing done would have actually met the threshold of domestic terrorism. Even if politicians throw that word around. Right. Well, well once Biden's law gets passed though, who knows? Well, you know, I, I'm scared enough of them of them resurrecting sedition and insurrection laws while there's still while there's still pending charges against BLM. Because even from the standpoint, even from a totally administ, even if you have a totally like friend enemy distinction logic here, not thinking about the fact there are still cases that are structurally similar. And liberals just started yelling at me or pretending that I was comparing the content of BLM to the content of this. Like that I was saying it was the same thing. I got that so many times that I was just like, I'll just punch you if you say one more fucking word. Like, if anything, you're you're actually trying to, to make a case against the equivalence. Right. If, if and, those laws get passed, then that exact that is the precedent for the equivalence. Well, right. right. The, like the 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 10-year minimum sentencing that uh is gonna go on for these people if they're charged and convicted are laws that were brought up to deal with black lives matter if that that should be a perfect example of why we don't want to give the state any more fucking tools to tamp down dissent i'll tell you what i'd like to do i would like to uh defund the police i just don't know how to make that a popular demand yeah i wish i wish people would just get behind the demand of defunding the police because it seems like it could have some currency yeah if we could convince them that perhaps that all cops are bastards somehow yeah yeah i know maybe we should put in our twitter bios I just want to point out that that uh, um, I've been I have seen we have seen a marked change in the stance. I will give AOC one bit of credit. She's one of the only Democrats I've heard say that the call for domestic terror laws is unnecessary because we can already wrap ourselves in the flag of this dead cop and charge these people with sedition, insurrection, um, uh, all kinds of other stuff. but she's been one of the few voices, although, like I said, she's still been very much like we need to we need to cartel. Um, we need to pass more restrictive media rules. We need, to, we need to cartel free speech. I've also been hearing people say that, you know, that all these groups have basically been inciting riots this entire time and that it's right. illegal to incite riots. These are the same motherfuckers who were sell- who put Black Lives Matters and black and black other things through Minnesota. I don't know how you can fucking look at yourself and pretend like you have any shred of cohesion when you are when you are like literally just calling for the reestablishment. Yes, it is illegal to incite a riot, um, but the expansion of those terms to include entire groups, and then while you are simultaneously supposedly celebrating the legitimacy of riots over the summer, is it is it is so discrediting to anybody who isn't already totally on board with your worldview. And right, it does the opposite of drive a wedge into the vacillating overwhelming majority of the population. 
um, it does it does more to push people into a uh, camp they might have the slightest bit more sympathy with, if only because it is consistent. Well, and, and so- our whole role ought to be to cleave away as many people as possible from something which at some point could develop into something coherent and fascistic, right? And cleave as many way- people away as possible from giving full-throated support to an expanding security state and acting like fucking informants, uh, you know, in, in East Germany under a security administration that, like, is laughable compared to the NSA and what they want to do with it. Bring the war on terror home. One thing I do want to point out. (laughs) That's their slogan, yeah. One thing I do want to point out is is, uh, we've kind of joked a couple times that, like, the new Biden law is going to come out and it's going to be super draconian or whatever. Um, I actually don't. I mean, I think it's funny, and I like saying it, but I don't think that's true. Um, And Kevin and I have talked about this on – previous episode of uh, Supremely Forward, uh, they don't need to create new laws. All they need to do is broaden the interpretation of existing laws, uh, case in point, uh, using a GIF to cause Kurt Eichenwald to have a seizure uh, and calling that a deadly <laughs> weapon. Uh, they don't need to uh, to write new laws, to pass new laws in order to punish, uh, in order to, to increase the carceral state. The laws already exist and have broad and ambiguous enough language uh, to allow people, uh, to allow law enforcement and to allow the state to be as punitive as it would like. If they want to, you know, uh, to charge triple parentheses Jew Goldstein with, you know, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon against Kurt Eichenwald for using a GIF and telling him, I hope it causes you a seizure, uh, then there's no limit to what the state can do in terms of interpreting the laws as they currently exist. Right. But they're still going to do the thing and try to change the laws that are on the books. I, I mean, don't, I don't think they, they said will. that they're going to, I don't think they will. You don't think so? There, uh, there's no reason to, that would, that would require work. Well, of course. And it means it like they're like, doing something that would require well, something like writing a thing and then like, putting it before like a committee no one's gonna do that i think that they will <laughs> i think that they will because the democrats want to look like they're doing something Every yeah, they, they better give us two thousand dollar checks and they're not going to do that <laughs> oh well, well, you can build a bipartisan consensus around like passing new anti-terror domestic anti-terror laws that will be used and that's the thing is i think that um, I think that a lot, uh, Varn, like the reaction that, uh, or, or Derek, sorry, <laughs> the uh, the reaction that you're getting from people accusing you of calling, uh, t- of of saying that the uh, the content of BLM is the same as the content of QAnon, uh, are, are what what they're missing is out of that is um, uh, uh, is 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 that we you know we can. Uh, be high-minded and make these distinctions for ourselves in our own minds uh, all day long. The fact, the reality uh, of the the American jurisprudent uh, jurisprudential system is that um, uh, uh, laws must be passed uh, with um, neutrality as to political content, and. Uh, there's also um, the um, more empirical reality that they will be applied, in fact, far more often and with more prejudice against the left. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, anyone has to look at the green suppression when they were charging them all under the Patriot Act and domestic terror charges mm-hmm. um, to, to see this. This happened under Clinton and got and doubled down under Bush and, and Obama. It it, it kind of went away recently. I mean, they, yeah, it was like right after 9-11, the top yeah. domestic uh, terrorist threats identified by the FBI were uh, animal P. rights and eco-terrorists or whatever. Eco-P, terrorists. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Whatever. all those nice ladies that went down to Camp Casey to like you know wear red, white, and blue. Uh, what are those things called? Lays, you know, the ones that you wear, like the yeah. fake Hawaiian culture that we've appropriated, and and hold signs to say like you know the only bush I trust is my own. That was the greatest domestic terror threat that we've ever faced. The, meanwhile, there were terror plots, but most of them were fabricated by the FBI to recruit young, impressionable Muslim kids saying, hey, you know how we killed your uncle? That sucked, right? Shouldn't you want to get back at us? Not so they could throw those fucking kids in jail. Not just impressionable, but it also... looked like they were doing something. Yeah. What? Not just impressionable, but people who were actually intellectually disabled. Yeah. 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 That's That was fucking uh, Comey's big thing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. This is where Smithian logic and resistance logic can all just start meeting the road, but it's just proven to me beyond a shadow of a doubt. And we could talk maybe what the implications of this are beyond this this immediate expansion of law, um, because at minimum they're gonna they're gonna expand the interpretation. But Biden has called for new domestic terror bills to be written, and with very very few people. With the, with the minor exception of some of the squad members, and I don't want to give them too much credit because they've also been wrapping themselves in the flags of dead police lately. Yeah, um, not a good look for any uh, socialist. Well, you know, we as soon as Biden came, as soon as Biden came in, I hate to be the person who agrees with Jimmy Dore and all the right wingers who are pointing this out, but it is a true hypocrisy. Immediately, AOC drops abolish ice from her platform, like. Yep. We, we we don't have to we don't have to be we don't have to be foolish except that I see that a lot of the people in the past five to ten years, including people who ostensibly call themselves socialists, and, and some people harder than democratic ones, have all of a sudden been singing the praises of Biden's uh, not just the domestic terror bill, but even this damn like anemic thing that's that is like we're gonna give you a fourteen hundred dollars stimulus, but we're finally going to give you $15 an hour, 10 years after we've a- you've asked for it, and probably rolled out over a 10-year period. We might, you know, get rid of tip wages as a separate minimum wage, which would be awesome, but we're going to do it during an economic downturn and increase unemployment. Um, and yes, Virginia, if you, if, you, if, you, uh, if you actually raise the wage enough to matter, it will increase unemployment. It'll, I know that we would like to pretend that it doesn't, but um, anyway, um, at a time when we're That's already right. at a time when we're already anemic, you know, we have anemic jobs like and all this is tied together for me, for people who just who, who supposedly have been fighting against the Biden campaign and the center Dems for for years, just starting to sound like them over fucking night. And right. not went, just on went from dirty break to just plain dirty. Like they dropped all pretense of having any sort of opposition to uh, centrist corporate Dems, even to the point of doing fucking photo shoot with their figurehead. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not even talking just about the squad, like commentary who, who should, who I can't even see the political logic for them to do so. People who write for Jacobin magazine have been yeah. doing this. Yeah. We were actually just talking about that today. So I'll, I'll, I'll sort of close my end with this prognostication under no circumstances 
is the Joe Biden administration going to pass a new domestic terrorism bill? Under no circumstances. It will not happen. I'll, we'll, uh, we'll, take, we'll take bets on that. I will guarantee it. However, J20 is around the corner, and there are already people talking about uh, doing things in Austin and other state capitals uh, across the United States. And so if weird shit happens then, then my prognostication is off the table. But if no weird shit happens and nobody dies, under no circumstances will Biden be able to pass a sweeping domestic terrorism bill. It's just not going to happen. I think that, well, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I don't see any, any circumstance in which the house and Senate as it is currently comprised, uh, would, um, would be able to come together to, to pass some sort of like expanded NSA type, you know, uh, how many people die on Wednesday? will change I, the calculus in that. I, I really I, believe I, well, that. Well, I mean, that that's, I, I think that's true, but I, I I would love to hear you expound a bit, a little bit on that, Stephen, because I, uh, I, I don't, I don't follow your your reasoning uh, w- without further explanation. Uh, because I just don't believe that Democrats do anything when they're in office. I don't think they pass laws. Well, uh, they, they they do pass some laws, and they pass exactly. Laws that's that, it, it's laws not ex- that, it's not true that they don't do anything. They don't do anything that they promised to do to, uh, that right. got them elected. You know, they right, do but things. They, definitely do they things just like, do uh, like pass laws that will help the uh, military. Uh, uh, layer of this of the state do things like uh, carry out their Indo-Pacific strategy, which requires an expansion of intelligence and monitoring of the American population. Look for China sympathizers in a, in a, in an intelligence war against China. So There's also a reason why they just put Cuba back on the on the terrorism list. So well, they mean, didn't. The Trump administration did, but they're not going to take them off. Let me clear. Well, right. I just well, the Trump administration did. And now the Biden administration will do the bidding of the of the empire instead. I, what I mean is that Democrats do pass those kinds of laws when it is deemed necessary for so-called national security interests. Um, but you are right. That d- it wasn't Democrats that did that. These both of those two things I just mentioned are Trump administration programs. Well, and and Obama's ability to prosecute whistleblowers, uh, you know, occurred as a result of of, of Bush uh, era um, legislation not as a result of new laws that Obama had passed and Obama prosecuted more whistleblowers than any president in the history of the United States. Um, and so, so no, I, I really don't think that uh, Democrats will pass any, any new law in particular aimed at domestic terrorism. However, what I do think is that uh, Democrats view their position in the uh, uh, political chambers as sort of rear guardists, uh, harm mitigators. And so it won't be a Biden domestic terrorism bill. It'll be a Mitch McConnell domestic terrorism bill that Biden tried to make a little less shitty from his perspective. Well, and mm. that's, uh, that's definitely something to, uh, really go to the mat over, isn't it? Well, I mean, but but that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think that it's going to come from from the from the Democrats, and and I I would push back against like you know, uh, hitting the squad uh, in particular too hard on on you know their behavior as of late. Uh, I would push back against you pushing back against that. Yeah, hold yeah. the line. <laughs> <laughs> this is a super fucking weird time, and I mean, like 
I, I can't trust, you know, the most competent and coherent uh, Marxist friends of mine to to make the right decision all the time. I mean, I just can't. And so, I, I mean, sure, but those the, those friends of yours, uh, how many of them are in Congress as the nominal general staff of a growing movement to fight capitalism? I feel like I feel like we can hold them to a higher standard than a. Well, I think we can know, hold someone whose whose word has no impact on anyone. Well, I think we like, can hold them to a higher standard, but I don't think that we can necessarily interpret um, that as a predictor of future behavior. Uh, and I think that that people are behaving in a. You have the Trump administration sort of compounded upon the pandemic, sort of compounded upon the fact that nobody's fucking working. Nobody's seeing their friends. Nobody's eating in a fucking restaurant. Nobody's left their house in a fucking year. And so people are going to say and believe weird things for a little bit. No, I I, I agree with you, but we're going to have to fucking deal with the fact that, you know, people are just going to be weird for, you know, a day or two and not necessarily interpret that as a predictor of future behavior. So that I, I mean, I, I'm still, you know, that, that that's where I would push back against like being too critical of the squad and stuff. I, I think that, you know, if, if there was a domestic terrorism bill that, that said, you know, Twitter has to cooperate with uh, the feds in censoring speech. I don't think the squad would sign on to that. Well, they'll never pass that law because Twitter just will just do it without having to. Yeah, I was about help. to say I, I'm yeah. split on that because what I, what I was what I was saying on the squad earlier is that AOC does actually think say, say explicitly that the the domestic terror bill is unnecessary. Yeah. Um, um, so I, I I've been saying that to give her credit because I don't want to pour this whole Jimmy Dory thing where we pretend like she's the worst thing ever, even if I do think that basically the DSA has created a bunch of hypocrites in regards to the Democratic Party. Um, well, Taleb but, and Omar are to the left of her, right? And and uh, well, I mean, on, on almost always, like for example, I I, I always think to, I always actually drop Taleb as the person who I might actually take seriously at the end of the day, but she's not on Twitter as much, and also people aren't simping for her in the same way. I mean, I hate to be vulgar, but that is a lot of what's going on, particularly in this time that we're all stuck within our house and our ma- major entertainment has become politics, which. I actually do think is driving part part of the insanity right now. Um, um, people start forgetting who who and what they should who and what they should identify with in lieu of identifying with anything. Um, but uh, I, I am I, I would say though she has been saying we need to start cracking down on media companies for the stuff that goes on within them and. Well, under existing hate speech laws, because there are, there are there are existing provisions against hate speech, uh, and and those provisions aren't being enforced against the right. No, and they're definitely not in terms of service. You know how many people I know who get banned, uh, for who who can say crazy shit on online, and and then and then people who uh, get banned on the left, they can't even figure out what they got banned for. Like they literally cannot figure it out. Like exactly what I mean. So, so I'll, I'll close with this. So after the J 20 protests, uh, after Trump was inaugurated, I, I posted on social media that I would give pro bono representation to anybody in Bear County that got arrested in the course of peaceful demonstration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, that they didn't have to worry about going bankrupt to hire a good attorney that I was good. And that I would take care of them. And the first person 
that took me up on that offer was a sovereign citizen who got arrested <laughs> out <outside laughs> Leon Valley for filming the police. And he got arrested for two things. He got arrested for one filming, which they referred to as interference with duties of a public servant, which is not interference with duties. You are allowed to film the police in order to interfere with the duties of a public servant. It has to be uh, physical. It can't be verbal only and it can't be filmed. And a magistrate actually threw that case out, which rarely happens. And the DA's office went and filed it at large anyway. And he was also charged with retaliation for posting the address of a public official, namely the chief of police at this little municipality uh, during the live stream of a protest. But the catch was, is he didn't post it. He was live streaming. Some Miranda, uh, whose, whose screen name was like Scorp Kisten or some shit, posted the home address of this one random chief of police. And then some random person after that said, we should go to his house and burn it down or something insane like that. And they arrested my client with retaliation for third degree felony because they argued that he had acted conspiratorially with his live stream commenters, of which there were over 3,000. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, uh, yay, Rico. So, I mean, so <laughs> there are ways to interpret the exact. That's why I don't think there will be a new domestic terrorism law. That's why I don't think we need any of these new laws because there are already a million different ways to interpret the laws we already have to be more draconian. Uh, to be more um, carceral, to be more punitive. We don't need new laws. We can already, you know, charge somebody with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon for posting a GIF. Like, we don't need a new law. We can already broaden the interpretation. And that's all that's happening. Well, that's going to happen. I mean, look, maybe we don't need to take them at their word. But that is what they said. And to the extent that they say it, we shouldn't cheerlead it. Sure. We should say it's a bad thing. We don't want it. That's I mean, that's all. That's I the only Steven, real. It's just a political argument. I don't think you're Steven, wrong. I think Stephen has a right. An even more important thing is the current laws are too draconian as they are, and even yeah, calling right. for them to be fully enforced under current law. Would be, I mean, like I, I, I have been worried about people calling for the renewal of prosecution of the sedition law. We saw, and we already saw it. Uh, BLM, like, like Barr was threatening to charge BLM people with. To, to put a mandate on charge BLM people with under sedition laws, which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, and this would set up legal precedent for it. And that's, and what, what bugs me right now about the left and liberals is they really do seem to think the state is, is, is just the people who they elect to run it. Like they, they really seem to believe that people power is real, even though they didn't have the people power in the first place. If you actually look at the stats, they, you know, like, like I, I know what the DSA tells itself to go to bed at night, but like, um, um, even in a Ilhan Omar's district, Biden outpolled her by twenty percent. That's a fact. Um, and so it's, it's, uh, it, it's worrying to me that people identify with not the state, but with these elected officials who are in the state and trust them because they think they're on their side or at least they're against their enemies. Right. Well, what I do think is that um, we're, we're recording this episode uh, 
and may need uh, a redo after January 20th. Oh, yeah, God. Because we don't know what's going to happen. And that My state's already declared uh, emergency. And, 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 oh, the National Guard's already been deployed. In Everywhere. All states, yeah. In all 50 states. We got to get this out before the 20th. Yeah. So, I mean, um, so, I mean, there's, there's certainly a possibility that we, you know, our, our entire outlook on, on what is likely to happen and what should happen could change depending on, you know, whether QAnon does materially manifest itself as an actual physical movement and not just an online phenomena. On well, so that's where I'll make a prediction. It won't. Well, right, right, right. It won't. I don't think it will either. But if it does, then we're going to need to re-record, guys. Like, yeah. we're going to have to fix this. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, if it does, <laughs> and we're all wrong, and everything's all fucked up, then I'm not doing any more of these responses to fucking current events. <laughs> so, uh, one thing I one thing I worry about with the QAnon stuff is not the mass politics of QAnon, but I am worried about some people getting some pot shots off at some major figures, despite the despite the National Guard being out. And I'm I'm not talking about Joe Biden. I'm just the state, those state houses, even with National Guard, I have a hard time imagining in some of these cities where some of them are at that aren't used to running um, D.C. levels of security that they're going to be ready for a couple of long roof people who are really dedicated. Like, maybe it won't happen. And and what I, what I find interesting about this, though, is, you know, we talked about the... the with BLM and, you know, I know Stephen's got to go, so I'm not cut off on this, but are, are with, uh, are with Antifa. I think QAnon is interesting in that it is the same as Antifa and that it is not an organization. There is no one to run it. You, if you declared it a, a domestic terror organization, what are you declaring that? What, what organization is there for you to declare? Like it is, it, it is a meme. I mean, like, um, arrest and charge the CEO of QAnon.
Fred Buck, please! Who the fuck is Quite 